I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two women discussing all things in business. Welcome to She's She's the the Boss. Good morning. Good morning. Here we are on this rainy Moore County day. I uh, heard (laughs) that the Farmer's Almanac said this summer was going to be wet and cooler than normal. Okay. So I hope everyone enjoys their wet lake days. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the beautiful thing about the rain in Moore County is it does make the grass look so green and Mm -hmm. the pine straw look so red and it is really pretty, but (laughs) it's not conducive to the summer activities. It is not, especially when you're stuck at home with your kids trying to entertain them and you want to get outside. And you have five of them. Yep. So go play in the rain. Go (laughs) splash in the puddle. Yeah, it works. It works. So we get to talk about the Enneagram today, which excites me so much because I use it so often in my business, in my personal life, with a lot of self-introspection. I use it probably every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm super excited to talk about this. I was introduced to it by our former director at school, Heather, who is such a wonderful person. They, um, her husband retired and they went back up to Massachusetts and I miss her dearly. Yes, she was wonderful. <laughs> she was such a fun companion to have in the office. Um, for a while we thought she was a two. She's actually a one mm-hmm. like you. Okay. Um, so she gets shit done and she is into details and to-do lists. <laughs> and I just love her for that because that's not me. <laughs> that's why I love you too. Not the only reason, but, um, so yeah, she introduced me to, um, this book that detailed each type. And from there I just went down an entire rabbit hole. Um, I took the Enneagram personality assessment and discovered I was an Enneagram three. And then I mourned the fact that I was a three because <laughs> I was like, no, I don't want to be this personality. I don't like the bad sides of it. And then come to realize um, there is no type that's better than the other. Right. So they all have a good and bad side. Totally. Because we're human beings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I was pissed that I was a three for a while. <laughs> is that part of being a three? Um, I... You know, I don't think it's like part of being a three, but it's like no one likes to be called on their shit. Right. Mm -hmm. And that might feel like like a failure to a three. And failure is like not an option. (laughs) So tell us tell us what a three is. Well, first, let me talk about what the Enneagram is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot I think. A lot of people do know about it and are fascinated by it, but some people may have never even heard about it. So it's a whole personality system um, that has been around for ages. Um, And there are nine personality types, one through nine. Again, one is not better than the other. Um, The only thing with that I will say is that the nine is considered the crown of the Enneagram and seems to embody a lot of the qualities of the other numbers, Mm. which can be a strength and can be a blind spot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So basically, based on a number of different in-depth questions, it will 
tell you what your type is and your typical tendencies, um, how you process emotions. But the big thing with the Enneagram is that it's about your core motivations, why you do the things that you do and how you view the world. And most Enneagram experts believe that you are born as the type that you are and that your life experiences just reinforce that type because you view the world a certain way. Mm -hmm. So unlike other personality types, they talk about um, your behaviors. The Enneagram definitely talks about your behaviors, but it's really why you behave that way. So like a one and a three can look very similar, both pretty driven. Um, We want to get things done, but my motivation for doing it is not going to be a one's motivation for doing it. So to understand really the core motivations of why we're doing things and the way we view the world for me was absolutely Mm life-changing, especially once I understood myself more, but then understood Luke more. I was like, oh my gosh, you view the world this way. This makes so much sense as to why you do the things you do. And I'm less annoyed by it now because I understand you. Right. (laughs) And that's really important as business owners to understand our employees and our team, because not everybody views the world the same way, especially as you as a leader, they're not going to view the same things that you do in the same way. And so it comes into play in communication for sure, first and foremost, but when you're hiring to be able to put the right people in the right positions, if you have a one who is very meticulous and black and white rule oriented, you're not going to want to put them in a position that doesn't have any like rules or boundaries or anything. They're going to feel like they're out to lunch and they, are they doing the right thing? They don't know. Um, and and you have to be clear about your expectations and what within your business you consider right and wrong. And yeah, you have to have standards, right? Right. And so, um, you know, for, you know, say somebody who's in an administrative, administrative position where there's a lot of detail, you're not going to want the type seven, the enthusiast, because they're, they're free loving. They're like our FOMO people. They don't want to miss out. They don't want to be tied down. Um, they're going to always bring the optimism and positive energy, but they typically do not care about the details. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to put that person in a position that has to care about details. And it's not good, bad, whatever. It's what is the best fit for this person? Mm-hmm. So I use it in the hiring process all of the time. And then I use it in coaching. I use it when I coach teams. It is at the core of being able to be introspective (laughs) and then to be able to develop a company culture. So, um, if you haven't taken it, I really like the assessment on truity.com. I think it's T R U I T Y. There are several assessments on there, but I, I prefer the Enneagram obviously. Yeah. So, um, yes, I am a type three, which is like the achiever, very goal oriented, always been that way. Um, I've always wanted like the accolade, the prize. Um, I, 
And what's the motivation behind it for a three? So the core motivation is to be um, successful, to be admired, to um, really what it comes down to is like the wounding message of the three is that you are your achievements. Mm. You are only loved by the things that you do and produce. You are not loved for who you are. Which is funny because when I took the Enneagram test, I scored high on three uh-huh. as well sure. and one. And I was like, well, which one am I? Mm-hmm. So I had to go read that. And I'm like, nope, three is not me because, you know, if you compare it kind of like with love languages, threes probably need those words of affirmation. Oh, yeah. I do not. I mean, I want it from my husband, mm-hmm. but from everybody else, I don't really mm-hmm. need it. Yes. And there are different subtypes not to get too deep into this Enneagram, we could have a whole series on the Enneagram. So there are subtypes within your type. Um, and that kind of breaks it down in more detail of how you like things. Cause I love words of affirmation, but I hate taking compliments. I want to do the thing. I want to create the thing. I want to see my vision come to life, but I don't necessarily want the credit for it. Mm-hmm. So for the longest time, my picture was at the bottom of our website for our staff. And I was like, because these are the people that, yes, I've had a hand in coaching them and hiring them and all of this, but these are the people that truly make this place incredible. And right. Luke was like, listen, you need to stop putting your bio and your picture at the bottom. You are the leader. Mm-hmm. Put yourself at the top. And I was just like, oh, like I don't, I don't want the credit for it. I want to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I don't need to be like the center of attention. And that's what it is. I don't want to be the center of attention, but I do want to do all the things. Well, and in my business, when I stopped instructing, I took my picture and bio off completely because I wasn't one of the instructors and my section said about the instructors and I wasn't an instructor. Yeah. And then I actually think it was Josie. She was working on our website and she start, started a whole new page about our team. Uh huh. Yeah. And so, and I didn't even know she did that and put me back on. And I was like, yeah, I guess people probably want to know who's leading this, but you know, that's part of the imposter syndrome too of like, Oh, I don't want to make it look like I'm trying to take credit. And every time I do mm-hmm. a podcast interview or a paper interview or anything like that, I'm always giving all the credit, you know, even as a one to my staff, because that is true. You are mm-hmm. who you are because of your staff and because of your clients. But it's okay to remember that we can take pride in our success. And it's okay to remember the staff is there because of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you didn't create it, you wouldn't have the staff. Right. And that's what I always say is my favorite day is payday. Cause I'm just like, look at all these people I've given jobs to mm-hmm. that are like rocking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and it's like, if I wouldn't have done this with my crazy personality as an Enneagram one, which we can dive into that in a second, yes. then, um, they wouldn't have these jobs. Right. So now, the ripple effects are, are massive. And mm-hmm. I think that the, a uh, form of words of affirmation that I prefer is the gratitude that I can sit in with myself. You know, we talk about those moments where you see what you've created. You're like in the hustle and the bustle. You're, you know, it's like you can't see the forest through the trees until you do. And you're on the other side of it. It's like you standing back at recital and being like, oh my gosh, like 
what? Looking around like, no, this was me. I created this. This is my brainchild. And yes, you've brought together all these incredible people to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But like, what in the world? This is mine. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and society makes people feel like they're not allowed to take pride in success. Mm -hmm. That is. Oh, and I think for sure that's a female characteristic i'm sure men feel it too but Mm -hmm. i think and i don't even know where that comes from you know i didn't grow up in a household where like women were told to stay home and raise the babies and that was their job it was actually the opposite um i think it's because sometimes we feel guilty for being successful when we know there's other people that aren't but that is why it's our job as good human beings to be generous with others yes so that's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah, that's a little rabbit hole, but I rabbit think a whole detailed conversation, but that goes yeah. with my Enneagram. What is your, so with everyone, it talks about that when they're at their good mm-hmm. and when they're in their middle and when they're at their worst, yes, there's a spectrum of health. Okay. So talk about that. And so for very self-aware people, you will operate at the high level of the health range essentially. But as things can happen and fluctuate throughout a day, you can drop into the average or unhealthy parts of your personality, you know, even throughout a couple hours. Right. But the more self-aware you are, the more you're going to operate in that healthy range typically. And that's why I love the Enneagram so much because oftentimes you don't know your own blind spots or, you do know them, but you have not accepted them. And that's where I was at when I took the test. And I, that's why I was so, um, I'm not even joking. Like I like felt like I was grieving a little bit of a process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like or It was a process of grieving of like, oh, this is who I am. Just accept this. It is okay. And the great thing about that is like, okay, well, what are the parts that I don't like? I don't like these typical tendencies, these unhealthy parts, And how do I change them? What do I have to do? Knowing those are the typical ways I want to respond. Um, And that's been quite the journey to be able to do that. That was not a quick turnaround by any means. So the levels of health are great just to know. um, So you can make amendments to how you behave and operate. Mm -hmm. How does a healthy three behave and operate um so self-aware in touch with their emotions um definitely not um exaggerating successes the unhealthy three can exaggerate their success and make it look better than it is mm-hmm. um and you know being aware that you don't have to be a chameleon in every situation. And this is a, a strength and a blind spot. And this can be really helpful. I think a lot of people in sales are probably threes um, because you can adapt so well to the people that you're around because you can read a room really well that you can um, connect with almost anybody because you can kind of see where they're coming from a little bit. You're pulling on your nine. The three goes to nine in stress, but you can also pull on some of the healthy sides as well. Um, but a healthy three, yes, can realize that you don't have to be the chameleon. Um, you are very much in touch with who you actually are aside from your achievements. 
So you can detach yourself. No, I am not the school. No, I am not cultivate. No, I am not she's the boss. No, I am not just a mom. No, I am not a wife. I am also a woman who has these beliefs and these values, and I practice them, and I am very in touch with the way that I feel. Threes can tend to be um, feeling avoidant because they're just on the hustle to get to the goal, <laughs> whatever I got to do. So forget if I feel sad about that or, you know, um, that person said that, but whatever, like, you know, you just want to get to your outcome. And oftentimes you'll do whatever it takes to get to the outcome, which can be good and bad. Yeah. It can look real bad. Right. You can't walk on people to right. do it. So you exactly. Make sure you do it the right way. Yes. So a self-aware three would, would know all of those things mm -hmm. and pause and slow down. Not everything requires an answer immediately. Um, not every idea needs to be jumped on right then and there. Think. Right. That's yeah, that's probably why I answered some three questions, right? Because I'm the type to just, mm -hmm. you know, just jump on it. And yeah. And ones and threes can look very similar in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can talk about me if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so you are an Enneagram one. So when you, I'm curious, when you looked at the three and the one and you were like, oh, you know, I maybe I could be either one. When you went to the core motivations, what made you say like, no, I believe I'm a type one? Because ones have their values, their core convictions, and their beliefs as their driving factor. Yes. So like I, in reading this about one, it's funny. It's, it's crazy how like direct it is. You know, people, people like the, um, what is it? All the constellation things and... <laughs> craziness the astrological signs yes yes what are you uh I'm on the border I'm on the September 23rd so some things mm. say I'm a Libra and some things say I'm a Virgo mm. but people okay. like actually read that stuff and, and and use that as their driving force so it's funny because they'll find ways to use it to affirm what they're doing but the Enneagram actually uses who you are and not the stars um and tells you how how you behave and why you behave that way and so when you read it it is kind of convicting so um it even said for an enneagram one which this is how i really knew i'd be willing to lose everything to stand up for what i believe uh-huh and i would yeah i've even i've even told brandon i was like hey if this ever happens like we may lose the business if I, if I stand too firm on my beliefs, we uh -huh. could, we could lose the whole business because if our clients or our staff or whatever does not have the same values and beliefs, they could be like, peace out. And I said, I'm okay with that. Then we would just sell our house and live simply. And I would be okay with that. Yeah. So it's just, it's crazy because you work so hard and you set these goals but your driving force is your beliefs. Uh -huh. And I didn't fully realize that even in starting my business of I started this place because I wanted a place that, um, and I'm just going to speak openly and honestly about this right now. I, I wanted a dance studio that had appropriate costumes for girls that did not over-sexualize mm -hmm. girls, mm -hmm. did not make them up to look like you know, not realistic mm -hmm. <laughs> people, pageant girls, right. Mm -hmm. And that had the, like I said, had the appropriate costumes, use the appropriate music. And I was also having trouble finding a place that did that, that would 
challenge my own daughter to excel. So like I would find a dance studio that maybe had those same values and was doing well, but their staff and teachers weren't quite as trained um, in how to make her excel because she wanted to be a professional dancer. Mm-hmm. So, and then I just had worked at so many places and saw the stuff I didn't like about them um, in ways I thought they could be better. I mean, it worked for them, but ways that I thought would be more effective if in running my own business. And that's why I started my own because I wanted to provide that place that provided quality instruction, didn't cost a fortune, mm-hmm. but also saw the people as individuals and as a whole person. Mm-hmm. And I will not, I will not turn anyone away for disabilities. I will not turn anybody away because that is so important to me. Uh huh. So yeah, you were very steadfast in your convictions. Yes. Uh huh. And the type one can look at the world in very black and white. There's mm-hmm. very little gray area. Um which can make you sometimes a little more rigid in your boundaries. But I feel like you do understand the gray area, which would put you in the top of the healthy category. Yes. And maybe that's been a journey to get there. I mean, this is somewhat a trivial example, but like the ones can be very meticulous with like, no, there's a right way to load the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's anything like that in your life. Like there's a right way to do this. And so if you do it that way, I'm going to probably go behind you and do it the right way. Or you cannot do this because it's not the right way. And I want it done the right way. So I'll just do it. Yeah. Well, what changes that is a deployed spouse and five kids. <laughs> and then you realize... <laughs> Yeah, it's not realistic to always do that. So you just learn to kind of let go of some stuff and prioritize Mm -hmm. (laughs) what needs to be right and what needs to be wrong. And basically, if it, I think for a one and knowing this and being, you know, when I'm healthy, because I'm not always healthy by any means, definitely have moments where I read the unhealthy factors and I was like, oh, a few months ago, I was right there Mm -hmm. (laughs) in that, that unhealthy spot. And you know, the, the specific things that don't necessarily affect your values, you can let go of the right and wrong way to do it. Hmm. So with how someone communicates with people, with how they, um, run their classroom to show that they care about every kid in there, there's a right and wrong way Mm -hmm. to do many of those things. You can do it with your personality. You can incorporate different strategies but there's a right way to show love and a wrong way. And, you know, those are my driving factors and, mm-hmm. and all of those things. And even within the community, when I see stuff going wrong, I want to be like, oh, no, I'm going to fix that. Right. <laughs> there is a right way to do this. Yes. And I know it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I sat in on a bit, um, the Southern Pines Business Association meeting with the police force that we had. Uh-huh. And they were notifying us about changes coming in our city, um, developmental plans, um, crime, just all these things. And um, I just wanted to stand up and be like, okay, here's what you need to do. <laughs> and right. here's what you should not do. I have a solution for this. Yes. <laughs> That's why I think type ones are so great because they can look at things and say like, oh, no, 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 guys. I have it already all figured out. And here's the solution. Here's the right way to go about doing it. 
Mm-hmm. There isn't like no one has to necessarily ask the opinion of a type one. You're right. here to offer it. Right. Which is great. But not everybody wants to hear your opinion. No. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why it also says ones have trouble making friends, which I've always had some difficulties making friends because I'm just willing to give my opinion. <laughs> well, you'll always know where you stand with a type one. Mm-hmm. You'll always know... Um, the honest truth, even if you don't like to hear it, which is a struggle for when you're talking to like, say a type two or a type four, and you are blunt and to the point, which is just your normal way that you dialogue, there can be really hurt feelings Mm -hmm. and, um, people who feel offended. (laughs) So that's why, You know, we talk about amending the way you communicate and knowing that and why it's so important to know the other people, the way they see the world so you can amend your communication with them. You know, with the one, we have some amazing ones at the school and they, I mean, when I say you guys get shit done, like talk about right hand women where it's like super efficient. You're going to find the most efficient way to do something, and then you'll be able to replicate it. It's like, how do you get so much done in so little time? And I don't know if that's healthy or not healthy, but... Um, we don't sleep. <laughs> it's like, it's just very impressive, um, as long as there's some self-care on the other side of that. But, um, you know, I, I in, in coaching them, and through the Enneagram, it's like, I find myself saying, like, just soften the edges just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just soften the edges of your communication. I love the message that you're sending and the message needs to be sent. Just soften and round the edges, right? And like, they get that. <laughs> and that's some good coaching for them um, because the message needs to be said and the ones are willing to deliver it, but it can come off as just blunt, get to the point crass, sometimes rude to some people when you're like, that's not my intention. I'm just talking to you. (laughs) Yeah. I I just told you the facts. Right. Right. Yes. You know, my best friend is my right hand person at um, work, which works really well for us. Um, I wouldn't, you know, Brandy said she wouldn't recommend that. And that probably depends on your Enneagram and their Enneagram and how you work together and your relationship. Um, but she's yeah, a, and expectations and expectations. And, I mean, yes, but she's Rabbit a hole. two. Okay. So the twos said they often work best like second in command. Yes. They don't want to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's a great balance for us because I'm like, Hey, this email needs to go out. She will create a template and she'll say, okay, read over it. Make sure it communicates everything you want it to communicate. Right. So she does it lovely. Mm-hmm. And we'll put little pictures. And, uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> and all the things. So thoughtful and nurturing and helpful. Yes. yes. And I just have to go make sure, okay, it does mention all these things. Oh, we need to reword this because it could be read in this way instead uh-huh. of this way. Um, so it is a great balance yes. for us to be able to do that. Yes, I could absolutely <laughs> see that. The twos are... I mean, they're the helpers. They're the nurturers. They will be there to give the shirt off their back in a moment's notice. And they are also want to be needed in order to be loved, right? (laughs) which can lead to a lot of burnout and missing out on your own needs and having people help you, you know? That's why a two works well with a one. Oh, absolutely. Because I'll set the boundary and say, why are you working? Yes. (laughs) Yes. You got to stop. Right. 
yeah, here's the boundary. Absolutely. Ones are typically good with boundaries. Uh, sometimes they can be a little too rigid because you have the black and white thinking, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And as you pull on your seven, so ones go to seven in growth. They pull upon the healthy qualities of a seven, which are the adventurers, the enthusiasts. They want the best fun things in life. They're free spirited and they want freedom. They don't want to be tied down. Um, they will offer all sorts of positive encouragement. So to pull upon those qualities mm. from a one's perspective is wonderful because it allows you to loosen up and let go a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in stress, you head to a four, which you pull on the unhealthy sides of a four, which is um, the individualist. Um, they want to feel unique. They're not going to follow the crowd. They want to stand out. Those are like our creatives. They're very, uh, emotional. So if they're happy, they are all in with feeling happy. Like, you know, by what they're wearing, they are in a good mood that day. It might be bright colors. They did their hair a specific way. They had their happy playlist on the way to work. And if they are depressed or sad or had a fallout with a good friend, their clothes will reflect that they might be wearing all black. They had their super sad downer playlist on the way to work. They are all in with any emotion that they're feeling. The kind of blind spot for the four is that they can totally recluse within themselves and go super internal and have that wounding message of like something is wrong with me. That's what I do. Yeah. I sit there and overanalyze mm-hmm. a conversation and I get unhealthy. And then because I'm a one, sometimes I react and I shouldn't. Yeah. So, so I just like text and what is wrong? What is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. So. The ones typically are pretty even keeled, but they'll hold a lot in until they like explode. Yeah. Yeah. And then can be like somewhat passive aggressive, but mostly just aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can, they can go to anger. And yes. it's because we have such high standards for ourselves yes that we have the same expectation of others yes and 100% we can't we can't have the same expectation especially in owning a business no matter what enneagram you are nobody's going to care about it as much as you oh yeah they're going to care and some people uh-huh. will care more than others but nobody will care about it as much as you um which for me is why i love having a two because she cares so much mm-hmm. <laughs> so about everything and about me. So she knows this is what I care about and therefore helps yes, and goes above and beyond and I have to rein her in. And so does her, so does her husband. Um, you know, just like my husband has to rein, rein me in me too all the time. <laughs> Both of our husbands are sixes. Yes. So, so the, talk about that. The a little sixes bit. are, um, the skeptics also known as the loyalists. Mm-hmm. Um, they in general are extremely hardworking, persevering, responsible. Um, they will also take the shirt off their back and be there for you. Um, they tend to be more anxious than any number on the Enneagram. They can get into some rumination and the monkey talk mm-hmm. <laughs> inside their brain. Um, and they really, their core motivation is to feel safe, secure, Safety is a really big thing. Um, You know, they really deeply care and are loyal to the people in their community and their families and the people that they love. 
Um, what's cool about the six is there's kind of two different types. So the phobic six is your super high anxiety, um, fear ridden, um, doesn't take any risks because they are too afraid of what might happen, even though they have like a bajillion contingency plans. Your counterphobic six is like, oh, cool. I see that challenge. It scares the shit out of me. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because my husband has both. So, uh -huh. you know, he's special forces soldier for 20 years. Sure. So he definitely put himself out there. But he even tells me he has to like turn on different parts of his brain. Uh-huh to do those things and turn off other parts. Um, and, but then he got a motorcycle twice cause he kept thinking he wanted to ride a motorcycle, but <laughs> it scared him. He wouldn't cause he's like, cause I can't trust anybody else around me. Yes. So trust is a huge thing for yeah. the six. You break a six trust. Good luck getting it back. Good mm. luck. They are not the people that trust up front. You've got to earn it. And then once it's earned, they will be like your ride or die for your entire life. Well, that's probably why sixes do well with ones or threes, because we're very clear about how we feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Straightforward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, sixes are so great to have in a business. And that's why I love that Luke is a six because he's, I'm like, look at this idea. Let's do this. And we can do this and it'll do that. And then, you know, we can, you know, fill this program at the school or whatever. And he's like, okay, so those are great ideas. Um, have you thought about this? And I'm like, no, no, I didn't know. <laughs> Cause I'm over here thinking of how great this vision is going to be. And he's like, okay, well, what about parking? And I'm like, oh, right. We have a really small parking lot. That is an issue. <laughs> you know, like he thinks of all the third order effects in record time before I can even think of anything negative about my idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we recently thought about expanding and had a really good opportunity and he's like, but who's going to run it? Right. So, we have these conversations all the time. I'm Cause like, I'm like, oh. yeah, I'm like, let's open a school in Moore County. And he's like, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? Do you want a f another full-time job? We've gotten the school in Harnett County to where it is. It is so abundant. We have expanded. We are full. We have an amazing staff. We are at a place where I'm not there all the time and still have a great connection with my team. You want to go do that here and give up all of that. <laughs> right. Start all over. He's like, time is a hot commodity. Mm -hmm. We have given ourselves, we are paying ourselves in time. We have that time. Well, so it's like, oh, you're right. And now they've both retired. Mm -hmm. So they're able to kind of look at it from that perspective too. They've retired and we're like, it's our time. Finally, we can do what we <laughs> yes, want. Yeah. And they're like, but I'm retired. <laughs> and also you have been doing what you want. Like yes. neither of us were like, oh, you know, just because we're military spouses, we have to kind of hold off on our dreams mm -mm. and our passions. We were like, let's do it. And it did not come without ridiculous sacrifice. Right. It. I'm not sure I'd do it again. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I would. <laughs> well, and both of us did everything ourselves and we learned stuff the hard way. Yes. And that is what's not healthy. And now I've learned, yes, time is money. I wish that I would have spent more money up front to properly set up my business 
for success yep. because I lost money because I didn't have certain systems in place yes. and therefore couldn't track things appropriately, which would piss off clients, which would make them go somewhere else. Or, you know, I didn't have a registration system. I had an ineffective payment system. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And it also grew much more rapidly than I thought it would. Yes. Which was great, but at the same time, I wasn't prepared for it. Well, it creates problems that are unnecessary. Right. And so I think, and both of us have grown out of that. That's why you're starting, you know, or you have started the Cultivate with Caitlin because you know how important it is to hire the right staff and put them in the right positions Mm -hmm. to make the business successful. And I know what you should do from the front end of starting the business and the details and why we're doing Encore Solutions because I'm like, I don't want people to go through the struggles I went through. I sacrificed way more time with my husband and kids when my husband was home, which Mm -hmm. was hardly ever. Mm -hmm. But I sacrificed way more time with my kids, not even just physically being away, but emotionally being drained because I had to put out way more fires than I should have had to. Yeah. Because I wasn't properly prepared and I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And I think a lot of people... You know, when you're starting a business, you're scraping together the funds to make it happen, however you're doing that. And it's hard to think outside of yourself. You feels very lonely and you're like you are in that hustle mentality of having to figure everything out yourself. And we don't live in a day and age now where you have to figure it out yourself, right? right. You can call upon mentors, coaches. You can bring people in to say, hey, this is the way you need to set this up. Like, For us, had I had the systems that I have developed in place for onboarding and hiring and our standards for people to onboard appropriately and they already know what the company culture and expectations are, that saved me so much time. Had I known that before, it just would have saved me so much stress and toxic community for a little while. Um, Which probably led to people leaving. And yes, losing students. Of course. <laughs> of course. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? The place is burning down. And it doesn't have to be that way. Right. It does not have to be that way. There are so many things to put in place in order to make your business successful and thriving from the beginning. You don't have to go through all of the roadblocks and hurdles. You have to go through some. Because if you have none, then you won't grow. You won't grow. You won't grow. So you do need to go through some, but don't try and reinvent the wheel. Right. Just innovate the wheel. You don't have to figure it out yourself. Right. There's plenty of people that have figured it out (laughs) and are willing to help. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And on the topic of the Enneagram, um, I, at this point, have released uh, a totally free course on the Enneagram. It's a it's a really kind of brief overview of each number, but it dives into a little bit of the stuff that we talked about today with each number and how it can be used within your business and just your relationships in order to truly kind of transform the way that you do things and how you operate and how self-aware that you are. So, um, that is at cultivate with KG and you can sign up for that and it's just emailed to you. Cultivate. Is that the website or the handle? Well, it's both. both. (laughs) Cultivate with KG.com. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, 
and I'll have a lot of, you know, resources like that and fierce and loving, uh, leadership is coming out later this summer. Excited. Yes. Which is a six week course. Um, it's really designed to bring us together as a community. It's a really small cohort to come together. There's six different topics. We talk about each one each week. Um, and we come together virtually once a week and then there's videos every day to, to watch and things to practice. And then there's also the um, one-on-one coaching component throughout Fierce and Loving Leadership. And I've developed that over the last few years and done it with my team, which has been wildly rewarding and successful to keep it in-house and see the rewards there. Right. Um, But it's been a really, really fun and exciting journey. And I'm excited for this next step. And it's something you've tested out. So you know that it works. And I love the name Fierce and loving because being a leader is not just telling people what to do. No, no. You have to care about the people. Yes. And, and, you know, communicate that. If you're, if you do not, you should not be in leadership. No, it's as simple as that. And fierce and loving is a really beautiful marriage between the masculine and the feminine energies. Mm. And that fierceness comes from that masculine side where, Honestly, in our society right now, I feel like women are told so often that we can do anything a man can do, right? And so all of us are trying to show up so hardcore in our masculine. Like, no, there's so much power and beauty in your feminine. Right. We were were made in that image for a reason. (laughs) Yes. And we get to flow through both. When I am at the school and I am leading... I call upon my masculine energy and I call upon my feminine energy. You have to be both fierce and loving. You have to be both boundary driven and nurturing at the same time. And you can do that. You just have to practice. Right. (laughs) So, you know, it's been a journey of, um, I've lived a lot of my life in my masculine energy and didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And it's been a journey for Luke and I to realize he lives a lot more in his masculine energy. And I'll tell you what, you can't have two masculines in a relationship. It's You can't do it. Yeah. We butt heads a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we do. So yeah. it's funny because, you know, the movie The Notebook is like me and Brandon growing up, like argued all the time. And I think that's the same thing. I lived so much in my masculine energy, which uh-huh. is why, you know, I would have more male friends because I like understood them better. I was a very girly girl. Uh Like don't, and I think we shouldn't confuse that. Not the same. Not the same. We should not confuse energy and you know, all the gender, but I was a very girly girl, but I just got along better with guys Mm -hmm. because I didn't like all the drama and the fluff and everything that went with that. And so it was really hard (laughs) to make friends, um, which is part of, you know, the Enneagram one, but that also goes with kind of that masculine energy. Uh It does. And so so does the three. Yeah. (laughs) It lends itself to the masculine energy. So really uh, in my thirties developing, like, what does it look like to live in your feminine energy? What does that feel like? You know, Mm. what do I love about being feminine? And it's like, I love putting on a dress, you know, and I love, snuggling and nurturing and laughing and smiling and flirting and all of these things that really call upon me to be like more free flowing. Whereas the masculine is a little more, it's the protector, you know, it's the leader, it's the, um, guide. It's, you know, it's just a little more 
tight knit than the mm-hmm. feminine energy. So fierce and loving is very much a blend of the masculine, and the feminine energies. We have a lot of great conversations yeah. on the, those topics on the different energies, because I think it gets so lost in the sauce right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important for people to understand that and invest in themselves in doing these types of programs whether it be personal development, coaching, learning Mm -hmm. how to build a a successful team or, you know, how I'm helping just people start from the business without from the ground up without having to have all the stress. Right. So I'm in so many um, like owners groups and there are so many women who are so excited to start their businesses, but are like, I don't even know where to begin. What do I do first? Right. You know, and it's because they have a skill that they're great at and uh-huh. want to share with people, but they don't have the business knowledge or background or aspects. So yeah, it's definitely worth it. Well, I think everybody should immediately go to truity.com. Yes. And take the Enneagram. Take the Enneagram. Uh-huh. And then comment on our social media what they are. I think it's going to be <laughs> yeah. really neat to see, especially people within our community that we know, to see what they are and be like, yes. oh, that makes sense. Yes. So I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your knowledge on Enneagram. Yes. And um, it's my pleasure, truly. I'm slightly obsessed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my my two right hand girl was the one that actually made me take it. She goes, What is your Enneagram? I love that. I think it's so, like a whole thing. You know how um like the CrossFit community is known for like only talking about CrossFit? <laughs> like it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's the Enneagram for me. And vegans talking about only be- yes. it's like there's jokes about a vegan and a CrossFitter. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're the Enneagram talker. Uh Okay. Yeah. It's almost obnoxious, but here we are. That's fine. Here we are. Well, we can't wait to hear what everyone's Enneagram is. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye guys. Bye.